Let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas. Right. Hit it, Cambot. Oh, oh, I start. I get it. I'm sorry. Okay, pick it up. Open up your heart and let the Patrick Swayze Christmas in. We'll gather at the roadhouse with our next of kin. And Santa can be our regular Saturday night thing. We'll decorate a bar stool and gather round and sing. Welcome, folks. It is Couchcast number 32. I am Master Torgo. Dr. Vlog. 80s Jeff. We're here to discuss Weekend Geek. Before I do that, though, there's a little special thing. I mean, come on. If, if you listen to this, it, Christmas just passed. We're recording this just before Christmas, so it's that little happy bump in between. But I do have to pass this along because joyful, joyful. Yeah, I'm a big fan of GOG, uh, goodoldgames.com, G-O-G.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all nostalgia games for the most part. Well, they're having a sale on their entire catalog. What? Every game that they sell. Hmm. Uh, every game is 25 to 40% off until January 3rd. Wow. Whoa. Everything. And their games anyway don't cost any more than 10 bucks. So that means the most that you're going to be spending for a game on this website is $7 and change. Very nice. And some of them are under four bucks. Heck, I think a few of them are under three. So if you uh, if you want to get some good old games going on, now is the effing time. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, wow. so good old games. Just want to throw that out there real quick because I love the website and they need all the support they can get, and there's a great way to get it. Mm. But, I wow. can't wait to go shopping after this. So all of you out there, that's my Merry Christmas gift to you. So Merry Christmas post. So till then, it is Week in Geek Time, Yay! Christmas edition, which I don't have much in the way of Christmas stuff. Happy but. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaadon. Yes. <laughs> Merry who will love Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaadon. What is that? That's like every holiday that is celebrated in this month wrapped in one. Well, that's kind of smart. Well, minus Thor and Odin's birthday, which is also December 25th. Well, why isn't that? I, why are you prejudiced against the Norse gods? I'm not. I actually revere the Norse gods. You revere? Yes. Do you sacrifice? No. Then you don't revere. If I were uh, Norwegian, I would totally worship Thor and Odin. But seeing as I'm small and kind of tannish and black hair, I, but as far from Norse as possible, <laughs> I, uh, I probably wouldn't get my prayers answered. Probably not. Do you and, have to be Norse? To to worship them? No, but it would look weird if you show up at a Viking rally and here you are. Hey, what's up? I wouldn't mind there. trying to hold Molnir. That'd be fun. I, yeah, that's no one can hold Molnir. Yeah, no. Not, not Except Beta Ray Bill. No way, he had his own hammer. What is it with you and Beta Ray Bill? Hulk, Beta Ray Hulk Bill managed to pick it up. Friggin' awesome. Ugh. That's right. Hulk did manage to pick it up. And so did another character. Which one? Uh, uh, what's his name? That's how I put you on the it's spot. It's little X, X-Force, X-Force. So one of the X-Men, and it was this weird, goopy thing. Hmm. A, a goopy thing? Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm gone. No idea. My geek cred turned in. Oh, you're going to make me look it up, aren't you? No, I'm not. No, you're going to force me to look it up, aren't you? But you know what? Since we're talking X-Men, we'll just jump into Weekend Geek. I know, uh, some, no uh, big news here. Uh, Brian Singer is now on board for the new X-Men. Yes, X-Men prequel. first class. Why does everything have got to be a prequel now? I mean... 
what did it all end after X three? Did did uh, the mutant life be destroyed forever? We I don't know, do but uh, Brett Ratner about destroyed that franchise with uh, that film. Dupe, <laughs> dupe, dupe. It's, it's dupe. D u p e. No, d o o p. D o o p. Dupe is the one that grabbed it. Dupe grabbed it and spit like a hundred of them back at him. I don't. I don't know. Dupe. Dupe. Dupe is the big booger, right? Yeah. All right. I no. Best no Marvel character ever. <laughs> Well, the thing that goes with uh, Brian Singer being back on board is that it seems that uh, the Magneto film is no longer going to be done. Yeah, because of it. Oh, well. Uh, oh, is that because of or in lieu of? Well, it's it's it's. Well, I'll, I'll let Brian Singer explain it himself. "Quote: This story would probably utilize some of the Magneto movie story because it deals with a young Magneto, so it might supersede that." Because it would explore the relationship between the young, energetic professor and the sorry, disenfranchised victim of the Holocaust. So, essentially saying the Magneto movie won't necessarily need to be done because it's going to be explored in this origin film. Uh, so, and it is an origin film, so. Well, and, you know, I'm sure <laughs> looking to consolidate as many films into one as possible, considering uh, the amount of money they've been losing on films lately. Any Magneto film I would really want to see would be based on some of the weirder stuff in the comics, stuff that wouldn't really translate well onto film and wouldn't really appeal to the mass market. Such as what? Such as um, House of M. Oh, wow. You don't think that would have... Well, okay, it is a little deep Marvel, Dude, it's, it? it's way out there. It's totally deep Marvel. But that is something that they could probably do as a DVD release. That's possible. I, that's that's you know I think that that a lot be, in the I think that would be a great idea for Marvel to do for the movies. They can do something that is open to the masses, the more general stories, uh, you know your your origin stories and your basic villains. But if you want to go and explore some of the deep Marvel cred stuff, I say uh, do DVD movies. I, I mean, would like them to. Do they've been doing DVD better movies, but I would like them to do them with a consistent style of animation for my own sanity, and uh, keep them in the same universe. Because some of these things they've been doing are like one-offs that aren't related to each other. Oh, you're talking like the the new frontier for the yeah, like Justice that. League? So I'd love to see a series of, of uh, Marvel DVD. I'm not talking about DC because I'm, I'm a Marvel guy, but I want to see... Uh, kind of Marvel, of Marvel continuity. continuity. Start with this scroll Cree roar and just... Go up from there. Can we? Should we start further back? That's but that's where the big continuity began. Was the Skull Creek War back way back in the late sixties? That's when everything started crossing over, and one universe was kind of uh, well. They could plan out together. like five or six of these, and maybe just I don't know something. How about just giving us the Secret Wars as a start, huh? No, <laughs> the Beyonder. Get the hell out! Of Come here. on, Beyonder. No, it was lame. <laughs> Beyonder was lame. Secret Wars. Yeah, so secret, no one cared. Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. All right, we, yeah, we, but we there's a that? lot of backstory on that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you can take a lot for granted. You take for granted someone who's watching this is kind of interested in comics and may understand some of the backstory. And you take it for granted that the audience is smart and will pick up on, okay, yeah, Thanos is a big bad guy. <laughs> Who cares where he's from, but, you know, he's a bad guy. I get it. Move on. Fair enough. Yeah. 
course, that's putting a lot of faith in the American population. That is true. And really, how many of those they're going to end up selling is the big question on the business angle. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe limited release? That's going to have to be something, which means they'll be expensive. Shit. Yeah. See, this is, this is where us geeks get into trouble. We want these really uber-deep things, but when it comes down to it, there's only a certain percentage that's going to even consider buying it, yeah. much less actually buy it. Yeah, see, that's the problem. You'd buy it, I'd come over here and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the people, they'd Netflix it. Mm. Well, we've been in love with uh, Dante Inferno's... Uh, crack marketing team. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And, of course, if you're not already aware, the Dante Inferno demo is up on the Xbox Marketplace now. Which has uh, well, mixed reviews. I well, think. it seems they have struck again. Oh, yes. Oh. I saw this. <laughs> uh, I, this is remarking with Chuds. I kind of just rewrote it as uh, what uh, kind of what I saw because they created a little video on Chud to show what they received. So if my description doesn't do enough for you, and it really doesn't, I recommend go checking this out. But uh, today they got a, an unmarked package. Inside the FedEx box was a white gift box wrapped in a bow, very pretty and cute, with a huge blood stain dripping from the corner. <laughs> Inside, now this is my description, was oh. a bleeding bone creature holding on to a tangled ball of twigs hanging from a hook shoved through a skinned-off nipple. <laughs> Merry Christmas. What? you got to see this thing, man. It's absolutely horrendous-looking. I would be honored to hang this from my tree. <laughs> it, Why don't they send us this stuff? It's so Lords, wrong. We're not on their radar yet, It's apparently. so wrong, but it's glorious. Glorious. Wow. I I I uh, they have so much to live up to. Their marketing team has become become so entertaining to me. Well, yeah, they just did that video, the worst day of Christmas, based on the uh, twelve days of Christmas for that for that game. I, I you know what they have gotten me so excited for this game that today I ran out and bought because I already owned it in the past and I don't know where my copy went. Dante's Inferno, Paradiso, which is the third one, and Purgatorio. The second one. Huh. I bought the entire Divine Comedy today. But mind wow. you, I bought it used. Well, but yeah. I'm so excited for this game that I want to reread The Inferno. Wow. And, and I hope that it does well because they have planned to do Purgatorio if it does work. Because Purgatorio is also its own little, little hell. It's the Catholic middle ground between heaven and hell. I... I read the first one. I did not read Purgatorio or Paradiso. No one has, it seems. It's, uh, I mean... Uh, well, it wasn't required reading. I just kind of... <laughs> Mine was. I, I, I read it for a religions class. Oh. But uh, it's very interesting, very dark. It's not an easy read because it is an epic poem from, you know, how many centuries back. Right. But its imagery of hell has really kind of redefined hell for our culture, yeah. But uh, and there's a lot, of, and there was a lot of great engravings that were done from it, as far as the the visual aspects of Dante's Hell. I always like seeing different depictions of what hell is like. Oh, it's fascinating. From like comics and video games and movies, I was never too crazy about the hell in Vertigo Lucifer. Okay, um, wasn't crazy about the hell in Dante's Inferno. Uh, did did like the hell 
that I saw in the movie Constantine. Yeah, that was neat. Which is ironic because it's in the same universe as Lucifer in a strange sort of way. Yeah, it is. Um, what was your what are your favorite movie or TV hell? My favorite hell is from Hellraiser 2. What about no, the... Not the, the first one because it didn't explore much of it, but part two, half that movie was exploring this really almost math, mathematician's hell. I like that. It's it's really, everything is just like almost perfect angles. I mean, you know, crumbling, but its design is very, very specific. And I, I really liked its imagery. I would I really like to know the, what happened after that. I thought movie. the whole point with the Hellraiser series was that, you know, it's everybody's own personal hell. Well, that that's also is that the hell, because this, it's a labyrinth, essentially. It's it's not called hell. It's called the, the, the labyrinth, essentially. Right. And yes, each in a room is made specifically for you. Right. In there. But it's it's overall maze design is ab- just it captures my imagination. I just adore it. Yeah, it's cool hell. What about the hell from Spinal Tap's hellhole? That's the that hell is. we've all lived in <laughs> yeah, at some that's... point in our lives. <laughs> so is that your favorite, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> nah, just You're, an older in, apartment. It popped it popped into my head. Oh, I did have a hellhole that I lived in back when I was going to college. It was a really shitty apartment. <laughs> What's Falling your favorite apart. hell? Uh, write us. Yeah. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. Or just put it in the comments section. I like those. Yeah. Those are fun. So you liked Constantine's Hell. Do you, do you have a hell that you can think of, Jeff? Um, not off the top of my head, well, I tell you, you know? What, I'll, I'll let you uh, let me stew, stew on, on that it. a little bit. And when you have one, you, you chime up. I'll tell you the worst. What you think on it? What's that? Spawn. It's just a, a computer graphic of Malbolzia, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, in fire. Freaking terrible. And it was really shitty CG, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know what it's very similar to? The hell from Golden Child. Golden oh, right. Do you even remember that? Uh, of course I remember that. I'm a deep nerd. Oh, man. But the one in Golden Child was better than the it's one in true. Frog. It's so true. Wow. No wonder McFarlane wants to revisit that. So anyway, good on you, Dante's Inferno marketing team. I hope you keep marketing this game years after it's released. Because you can do no wrong. I wonder what you do next. And if you're looking for somebody else to market for, the Ugly Couch Show is always there as a pet project for you. Just saying. Well, Shock to You Drop is reporting that Lawrence Fishburne has joined the cast of Nib- Nidrod and Tal's movie Predators. Uh, does that have anything to do with the Predator Predators? Yes, it is. Predators. <sighs> Set when? Um, well, the, not, not, not a whole lot is known right now. The film is shooting right now. He's playing a character named Roland. He joined an already impressive cast, including uh, Topher Grace, Adrian Brody, uh, Danny Trejo, Walton Goggins, who I loved in The Shield, Derek Mears, and uh, Alice Braga. They're a group of folks who land on the Predator's home planet to find, quote, unspeakable horrors. It's shooting in Texas right now. Oh, I want to see that! So, it, it, you know, it has potential. This is, a, this is not Alien vs. Predators, and it's not W.S. Anderson, so... I just... The last two films have left such a bad taste in my mouth. But again, they're W.S. Anderson I, films. I, I, I understand that, but they were funded by Fox. And it is a Fox property. That is true. So, but I, 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 let's let's just say that I'm going into this one with a healthy amount of skepticism. I have to say, of course, and as we all should be, but Antal, 
I'm not. You, I don't know this guy's work. Uh, I don't know what he's done. I don't. What is, what's his name again? His uh, name is it's a uh, it's Nimrod. <laughs> you heard me. What Nimrod Antal? This uh, it's not April first, right? Nimrod Antal. Okay. A N T A L. So that's weird. It is an odd name, but I, I'm willing to give this one a shot just because W S Anderson is not doing it. It's it could, it could be the next Chris Nolan for all I know. Yeah, he okay. did Armored in 2009. I don't Didn't know that. Vacancy in 2007. I hear that was pretty good. I never Control saw it. Control in 2003, and then a couple of things that I can't even pronounce. Based off what I've heard about Vacancy, I'm more than willing to give this a shot. Yeah. By all means, and plus, what a cast! It, it had me at Walton Goggins, really. <laughs> so, uh, which one was Walton Goggins? He was the uh, the southern right hand man of Vic Mackey. Oh, him, that scummy little yeah, the scummy shit. little weasel yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's good. Yeah, he's real good, very good. Um, little uh, sad news for those out there who don't know. Uh, this is from Ain't It Cool News. They reported that Dan O'Bannon has passed away. He was been in the hospital for a week. He was age sixty three. If you don't know who uh, Dan O'Bannon is. His career back began back in the 70s. He attended USC Film School, where he met his graduating class member, John Carpenter. They went on to work on Carpenter's debut film, Dark Star, which uh, O'Bannon co-wrote, edited, acted, and worked on special effects. He went on to work on the visual effects team of the original Star Wars, and then realized that he was a much better screenwriter. He went on to write the first script for Alien, also wrote uh, Total Recall, Life Force, Two Sections of Heavy Metal, and he wrote and directed one of my favorites, Return of the Living Dead. Oh. And he also uh, was be, uh, the genius behind Dead and Buried. Hmm. If you're not familiar with that. Uh, I am not. Very underrated zombie film. It's, I have it. You, it's great. But uh, yeah, Dan O'Bannon, we lost him. And uh, I'm very sad for this on Christmas week. That's sad. But if you need cheering up, Red Letter Media has posted this 70-minute deconstruction of The Phantom Menace. That is so funny. I, I could not... I had work to do and everything. I just stopped all work and oh. watched all seven. You know, I haven't been able to watch all of this yet because I, I was too, when I learned about it, I was getting too close to the show, so I started listening to it while I was setting up some row notes. And this guy is done in seven 10-minute segments, and he masterfully deconstructs this film Mm -hmm. and he's very smart but he's also very funny and he's almost speaking through as this character this this dumb older guy that that is just a horrible human being but just absolutely intelligent and he cuts together that uh pieces of the movie and other movies to make his point and various pictures that just make it so entertaining it's funny it's smart I absolutely enjoyed what I've seen so far. So again, the guy's in a red letter media. It's on YouTube, and it's uh, it's an audio video essay on exactly why episode one does not work. Go watch it. Fucking brilliant. It's I, I I you know what? Best thing since Netflix. Really, I would watch more of these if he does them. Oh yeah. And I, I honestly hope that this starts another trend in YouTube much like literal videos did, because I would like to see more intelligent, smart people doing this with other films that deserve it. 
You know what was, that struck me the other day, and now that you're mentioning the uh, the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. it struck me the other day with the with the new trilogy. What's it's that? a freaking live action cartoon. It was written for children. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it, it's not written for anyone. No, of over the not. age of twenty. No, he wrote it. But no, that's that's been my big argument all, overall. It's like this is a movie he decided to write rewrite Star Wars for his kids. Because I mean, the first three were written for adults. He's been rewriting. Well, okay, for his kids. no, I should no. say the, the first, first three... two were were written for adults, and the third one was kind of a half and half. Thing. I disagree. I think he <laughs> I wrote guess. them all for kids. It's just that an older audience picked them up and ran with them yeah. and loved them and made them their own. He did. I don't think he ever recognized. No, them. he didn't talk down <laughs> to us for a good while until later on. Then it's through a script. There's. Jar Jar steps in poop, all right, in the movie. That's that pretty much sums it up. It's a it's a poopy joke movie. And you know, now that I've I've listened to his deconstruction of episode one, mm-hmm. I realized I never really understood episode one. No one does. No you cannot recount what happens in the entire movie from beginning to end. It's one of those things you cannot describe it. Was it a plan all along to fail so that he could I don't it's no really one, no one really knows his mind now. But I, I, my, my favorite part so far has been the fact that he points out that there are no true characters in the movie. You can't describe the characters to anyone. He, there's a part of it where he has four people sitting down. He says, okay, describe Han Solo. And they go in these full... you know, Without talking ro- about his occupation. His occupation, or- what he wears, what he looks like. And they go in to describe, you know, the, the sexy rogue. And, you know, he follows his own rules and goes to this whole description. They say, and the next one, now describe Gwai-Gon Jinn. And nobody can friggin' describe do it. Princess Amidala. Yeah. Describe it, C-3PO. Oh, he's a fop. He's a he's a uh, he's a side character who you know is uh, scared of everything. And they go in this great floor detail, and then yeah, Queen Amidala and crickets because yeah. no one can describe her character at all because she has no character. There certainly are a lot of throwaway characters in the first movie. That's they are all throwaway characters in the first movie. <laughs> Nobody has a character. Well, no. Who's the main character? No, uh, there is a character that someone... There, the one person in that movie has character. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jar Jar Yeah, yeah you're right. The whole movie's... Surrounded. He has too much character. By character alone, Jar Jar... Jar Jar is, a, is the main character of the movie. And that's the problem. Because Anakin, he doesn't show up till 40 minutes into the movie. Yay! Annie! Yay! <laughs> but anyway, that's just a small piece of some of the arguments in there. Go watch it because this guy is I'm going to have to funny, check it out now. Funny, funny, And I'm going to say his name again. Red Letter Media. Check it out. Is Jake Lloyd 18 years old yet? Uh, I think he's got to be at least. He must be. And uh... At some point, he has to go to Comic-Con in front of the Star Wars audience, get down on both knees... And pray for their forgiveness. You know, well, how... but it wasn't his fault. He was like what seven, eight years old when that thing well, was shot. He was cast, uh, and, and I will give him my player. forgiveness. Oh, certainly. However, Lucas, if he wants to make a lot of money, he could sell very soft fruits and vegetables, and stand by a Target, and say twenty <laughs> bucks a throw. <laughs> you get to honk one of these vegetables at me. Yeah. Dude would make millions. Mm-hmm. Just saying, if you get hard up, Lloyd, there's your way of doing it. Well, moving on, IESB is reporting that Spider-Man 4 
which they say is referred to as spider man for I can't even pronounce it because there's a four in the goddamn word spider burn spider Oh, is that like Tritrun? Yeah, it's like seven Tritrun. Yeah, stop using numbers and let goddamn leet speak. It's been halted. Yes. As of last Thursday. The That's reason what I heard. Sony and Sam Raimi are fighting over the villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi wants the vulture and the studio wants anyone else. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it comes down to. Sites also reporting the Spider Man four script is unfinished largely because of the debate over the villain. So The Vulture is a stupid villain. He's a stupid villain, he's got a stupid looking costume. Here's here's the argument. Any villain can be made good if written well. Yes. However, after part three, everyone's fucking scared. All right. Yeah. Written well villain, look at Venom. Written horribly. Sandman was written all right. Yeah. And, and Well, I think Sandman was originally the villain of the film. Yeah. He was written to be the main heavy in the film. And about halfway through became a, a, a secondary character. Yeah. And it's obvious. It's obvious in the movie. That he's fleshed out and Venom is not. You know, it, it just gets me that, that Sony hasn't figured out that Raimi knew what he was doing with the first two films and forced him to put Venom in the third one so that when, really, when Venom was supposed to be the fourth film. And that really becomes my argument on this whole thing is that Raimi's got an idea. He wants the vulture. He knows why he wants the yeah. vulture, obviously. And so they're saying, no, you can't have the vulture. You want me to do somebody else, whoever. It's, just, it's sad because you would... You think by now, any studio would realize Raimi knows what he's doing. He does. Yeah. Um, what are his other credits? Sam Raimi's other credits? Xena. Do you have a while? He he was a now, producer on. Now that. let's talk producer, not director, writer. Oh, right? we're talking okay. writer, director. Okay. Because he's also producer. He has a direct- company that produces those shows. Yeah, he's also producer of Legend of the Seeker. Which, if I'm sorry to all you Seeker fans out there, fuck y'all. That that show <laughs> is trash. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. I he's haven't seen so it. So passionate about this. I remember one. He started recording these when they they came out. If you're a fan of the Seeker, defriend me now because I'm going to offend every fucking last one. There are wow. few things you hate it. There I are, do. There ire, are, ire, ire. Twenty two years I've known this guy. There are few things that set him off. Very few. But we were sitting there watching this thing, and he's like, "What? What?" That's not what happens when the Seeker gets the sword. That, oh, oh. I mean, he, I could not believe it. <laughs> he was all right. so okay, infuriated. And he's got a lot of stuff in development, a lot of it. And he's got a lot of producer and writer credits. Oh, now, yes. let's see. What are, well, but, what are but, his main things? Oh, no, oh, no, no. You open the can. Oh, you are shit. going to wait. All right, all right. Because I'm going off on the secret a little bit. <laughs> all right, here's, here's the secret cast. I'm okay. explaining to you all. Secret cast. All right, this, this is the way I see it. To all your, I want you all right now to think about your favorite canon. And I'm talking whether it's book, movie, anything. If it's fantasy and you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know I'm going to start with that because it's in the fantasy genre. What I want you to do is take... Um, let's, let's, let's go ahead and start with Fellowship of the Ring, all right? I want you to rip out the first five pages of Fellowship of the Ring and wipe your ass with it and stick it on your television. That is the secret. <laughs> really? That Not is what bad, they huh? did to the original source <laughs> material. The source material for The Seeker is Terry Goodkind's um, Wizard's First Rule, which is my favorite fantasy series ever. 
All right, it's not without its faults, especially as it gets on later on. But the first book, in my opinion, is nearly flawless as far as a fantasy book goes. It's smart, it has direction, and it has something deeper beneath it, and it is gritty as hell. All right, people die, people get hurt horribly, both physically and mentally, and they took all of that out of the series Why? and and turn it into this milk toast Xena slash Hercules amazing journeys wannabe. Oh, no. And it hurts so much. And because I love Sam Raimi so much, I put it all on whether it's deserved or not, I put it all on the shoulders of Bob Tappert, who is his co producer on a lot of these things. And here's the thing it looks beautiful. It's cast perfectly. The actors they got for this, I think, are perfect for every single one of their roles. The fact is, they decided they were going to write their own stories based on this book. That has Maybe the overlying plot has basically the same ideas that these people have to get to hear. Everything in the middle it can be totally fuck-all, apparently. Why do you love Sam Raimi? Seriously. I, I love him because... I know really, why. Yeah, it's Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. Evil Dead 2... It's, that's why everybody loves Sam Raimi. It's those three films, plus other ones he's done. You know, Dark Man was enjoyable and yes. so on, but not to the extent of Evil Dead. It's really where it all belongs. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Evil Dead came out in 81. I know. Yes. Evil Dead 287, yeah. Dark Man 90, and Army of Darkness 92. Yeah. After that... Mm-hmm. Quick and the Dead. Okay, Spider-Man was a good film. Yes, it yes. was. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. 2 was a great film. Yes. What the hell happened to Spider-Man 3? I, I, it sounds I'm, like studio involvement studio. to me. What the hell happened to Legend of the Seeker? Again, well, okay. I don't think it's. I, I don't think he's so deeply you know, he involved also wrote in this TV The TV series, Mandis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he wrote. He wrote the Hudsucker Proxy. He he has a writing credit, and I don't oh, know if oh, he yeah. wrote it. Wrote it, but part of it. See, that's again. I don't know how much to blame on Raimi. I don't know how much to blame on Tappert. It's so I just give it all to Hercules. It's very difficult. Zena. Yes. Well, but see, Seriously. he's produced yeah. those series. Yeah, he didn't. He write directed it, he a few it. episodes of those series. Zena, but his mark and Hercules. Is on them. Well, that's because his company bought the rights to it and produced it. Look up Tappert, Bob Tappert. Who, who is that? I've heard that name. He Robert is, Tappert. Robert Tappert is his is uh, Sam Raimi's co-producer on a lot of things, and who I believe is actually head producer when it comes to this stuff, because he doesn't seem to be involved as much on the big film projects as he does on these shitty TV projects. He's he's more of a name to attach to it. It's yeah. like, oh, Sam Raimi's involved? Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, Legend, if you're a big fan of Legend of the Seeker... I'm sorry. We we have very. We, we will discuss other things because we can't discuss this anymore. Yeah. It's, 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 it's <laughs> wow. off topic. Okay. Officially. We have a lot more news to cover, too. Regardless, Spider-Man 3 sucked ass, and that's why I'm afraid of anyone doing Spider-Man 4 that was involved with Spider-Man 3. I understand your, your fear, and uh, this who knows? This fight could end with Raimi leaving the project to do his other things he wants to do, because I'm sure he's probably getting tired of it by now. Good. Yeah. Good. He's got enough stuff in production already. That's that worries me. Well, but you got to remember again, stuff that's in production, stuff that's in development, he may not be directly involved with it. I don't know. He's got a credit on Warcraft. Mm. Oh, that's right. He is involved in Warcraft. Mm. Yes, he is. Uh. Worry. <laughs> Captain EO is coming back. Yeah. George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola's 3D musical extravaganza starring Michael Jackson is returning to Disneyland in February for a supposedly limited return engagement. Devil be happy. 
The film originally premiered in 1986, and I saw it. I, I really enjoyed it. Ugh, I saw it. It was crap. It's fun. Crap. And, and you know fantastic. what? I like the song that's in it, too. I think the song's great. And it was Lucas's only post-Star Wars sci-fi effort that wasn't set in the galaxy far, far away. You know, yeah. we should have looked at Captain EO and thought hard about it before we ever saw episode one in the theater. <laughs> Well, maybe I need to make no, a trip. No, I down disagree to... because the uh, the witch queen with her like HR Geigerness, her design is really good. It stands up, I think, today. That design is amazing, and sure, it has the little fuzzy thing that flies out at you. And yes, Captain EO defeats her with song and dance, but <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy. You can't it. just say that and just have it. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, then uh, this other stuff happens. No. That's it, what happens no. in the film is song and dance yeah. and stupid it's, fuzzy no, creatures. No, it's and goofy, yeah. it's entertaining though, and it's fun. For kids. I mean, yeah, it's, it is for kids. Of course, it's Disney. I know. All right, well, between the two of you, since I've never seen it, uh huh, and I've never been to Disney, yeah, is it worth a trip for me to go down there? Uh, it's it worth a trip for you to go to limited, Disneyland. Limited listen, engagement. Listen, yes, yes, it is. No. And not just to see Captain EO, but to finally explore fucking Disneyland. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> you owe your inner child some peace. Okay, you need to go just to see uh, the Vader and the Stormtroopers in Disneyland. Yes. Well, they have their own little Star Wars thing in Just there. go to Disneyland. Space you don't Mountain. To, don't go just for Captain well, EO. No. You'll be I'm not saying I'm, I would go you know just what? for it. I'm just saying if I were planning a trip to go down there anyway, should I go during the limited engagement return I before say, it's gone forever? Or... I think you should go in the winter when it's not so busy. Well, I'm kind of broke right now. So. Okay, well, next winter you will. I say you go for Captain EO, stay for Splash Mountain. All right? <laughs> That's really it. And get really, really, really high and go on that... that Space Mountain? No, this, this, is it, I think I said it's Splash Mountain. Because they got all this crazy... Cartoon bears and yeah, that's Splash, yeah, Mountain. Splash Mountain and crazy yeah. shit singing at you. You don't need it's to be high to enjoy that one. Based on the song in the south, the yeah, bear, yeah, that's yeah, its own rabbit. trip. Yeah, go to Bear Country and splash yourself down, and then decompress in the haunted mansion, and then go across to uh, Disney California Adventure and go on the Twilight Zone ride. That's fun, mm. and then eat dinner at Award Wieners in a supporting role. <laughs> <laughs> God. It fucking kills me. And don't forget the Monsters Inc. Dark Ride, because everyone seems to. I don't know what that is. I know it. It's like tucked in the corner. It's a full on Disney Dark Ride based on Monsters Inc. Uh-huh. And it's like, I didn't know it existed in I there until like I Monsters stumbled Inc. across it. Whatever. It's fun. I'm not much of a Disney guy, though. You're a jackass. Now, you know what's funny? Short little segue. Um, <laughs> things that. Sure, I swear. Of course. Uh,. Things that you thought were good when you were a kid, not mm-hmm. so good anymore. Fraggle Rock? No, it's true. It's so I, I just true. saw it on Netflix. I'm like, oh, I'm watching Fraggle Rock. Oh, man, this hurts. You know what else is? Dukes of Hazard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Just lamenting my youth. Yeah. Lost forever. <laughs> you know what else is? What? Dunces and Dragons, the cartoon. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> loved that. Now yes. I hate it. Yep. Ate, drank it. I even made characters of them when I was little. Who didn't? D&D characters. Who didn't? But you know what was great about the DVD set they released? What? It comes with the characters. Character sheets for all of them. And what edition? An, and an adventure. I think it's 3.5. Oh, okay. So it's translatable to 4. Yeah. There you go. Wow. 
Wow. Speaking of mm. fantasy uh, epics, Dragon Age comic series is going to start next March. Really? Coming mm. to comic books penned by Orson Scott Card of uh, Ender's Game fame. Okay. Story appears to revolve around the rogue character. No, sorry, not no, sorry, not the rogue concept, not the not the class. Rogue mages within the circle of magi who will quote defile defy the rules of the Templars and change the course of the world forever. So if you want your Dragon Age story to continue before the next game comes out, which I'm sure it'll come eventually, <laughs> it will continue in comic books and of course the novels are out there too. Oh, that's cool. I'll wait for the trades, obviously, but yeah. And last week, uh, Joystick received word that Zachary Quinto who provided the fresh face for Spock in last summer's Star Trek relaunch, will be doing the voice of Star Trek Online's emergency medical hologram tutorial. And today they received further Spock-based news for the title. According to uh, Atari press release, Leonard Nimoy will narrate the game's introduction and also can be heard during cutscenes and other events throughout the game. Nice! So it's it's getting some Star Trek cred. Will he do the thing? The space Final Frontier? Uh, You know what? I, I, I I would hope so. Hey, wait knows? a minute, I just thought of something. What's that? Did we hear that in the latest movie? Yep. I yeah. think it was at the very end, if I recall. So so we're getting some uh, Spockness. Yay us. Here's something that kind of caught me off guard, and I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Okay. Forthcoming Assassin's Creed 2 downloadable content packs. Two of them, Battle of the Forley and Bonfire of the Vanities. These were originally intended to be included in the main Assassin's Creed 2 story. But as the game's creative director, Patrick DeSellis, told Kotaku, quote, I felt that, okay, there were too many things to do and to finish. So he said, okay, let's take a portion of the game out that was planned and give it to them in DLC. He went on to point out, quote, I think we gave them so much content that they cannot say that we owe them that we didn't give them a lot for their 60 bucks. So, uh, to rephrase, uh, don't think of it as missing chapters, as something torn from your disc of Assassin's Creed 2 that you paid good money for. Think of it as dead content that's getting a rebirth thanks to the wonders of DLC. (laughs) Nice spin. Now, I enjoyed Assassin's Creed 2, and it's going to be in this future episode of The Ugly Couch Show. Okay. Uh, And it was a nice, long game. I have no complaints about its length. All right, money's right. worth. However, I do have a hard time with these codes that either unlock things that are already on the disc that you pay for as downloadable content, or in this case, something that was originally supposed to be in the game, but they pulled it out because they thought the game was too long and it's available for an additional price. Hmm. Why did they even say that? They shouldn't have said that. They should have said... Well, it's obvious this guy's being very candid, which I appreciate. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, that that's hard to swallow. I, it's things that are already in the game itself, on the disc, that you enter a code to unlock. Right. That's a little hard to swallow, uh, but I can understand where they're coming from in this. I do. I, I understand it in that... If, if if it doesn't make sense in the context of the game for those levels to be there, then yeah, sometimes you just gotta pull. Sometimes you gotta you just kill your children. You know, you you know get, what? You and and I, I I agree. That's fine. But the I guess where I have the issue is they're charging, right? For this something that was originally supposed to be included. Well, in how there. much? Um, my guess is it's going to be four to eight hundred points, which essentially roughly five ten bucks each. That's not too bad. It's not too bad, sure. 
But the fact remains is it also could have been released as free downloadable content. That would have been nice. Because people have released free downloadable content for many games, so that is available to them, yeah. and they chose to charge for it instead. And again, it's obviously already partially in the game in the code somewhere. Okay, and then if, it's, if they're just sending you a code to unlock it, because then yeah, they, that should have been free. I, it sounds like it's going to be an actual download, like a full-on download. Or, got it. Okay. Uh, make it like a buck or two. But also give your avatar for uh, Xbox 360 uh, some fun toys, and that's fine. And but you know what? Or maybe bundle these together for a cheap price instead of making them individual downloadable packs. Yeah, you know that's it's that Assassin's Creed 2 is selling fine. It's it's a hit, certifiable, great because I want more. This last one was great. Well, that's probably why they're doing it. They probably would have just shelved it for forever, but since it sold so well, I'm sure they said, hmm, yeah, because how can we squeeze some more money out of this? But the thing is, everybody knew it was going to be fine. No one, no one was going, oh, is this going to sell well? First well, one sold so well, and the second one's much better game. Of course it's going to sell well. Well, yes. Even I, in this shitty economy. Uh, while you and, I, you and I and the critics probably agreed to that, it's a video game company. Until they get their bottom line returns in, mm. of course they're going to be skeptical of how well the game's going to do. Of course, and I get that and, too. Until they get that money in their bank account. And that's fine if they want to have a secondary team developing more content for a popular game. But it, it does sound like a very corporate thing. It's like, yeah. hmm, we've sold about all we can sell with this. We've reached the saturation point with the actual new game sales. How can we squeeze some more money out of this title? Oh, what do we have sitting on the computer right now? Hey, we have two levels that were nearly completed for the game. Let's throw those out No, there. we have two levels that were completed and supposed to be in the game that were taken out because they thought the game was running a little long. Well, regardless, they think they can charge for it. They know people are going to buy it. That's why it's coming out, is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Right. I don't know what I have more of an issue with. This... Or downloadable cheats from EA. That's uh, <laughs> downloadable. What? Oh, uh, you haven't seen these? No. A lot of the EA games. A lot of these EA games, especially like open world stuff, where you can buy the max weapon from them at the start of the game by giving them Microsoft points. Or you can the earn- downloadable strategy guides is another thing that yeah. kills me. It's and but it's not like a full on strategy guide. It's like each chapter is sold separately. It's like eighty Microsoft points for this chapter. Eighty Jesus for this Christ. chapter. Why? Yeah. It's it's that whole micropayments some th- thing. Some things DLC gets right. Some things offend me horribly. Well, it's it's up to the individual companies, and some people figure it out, and some don't. Well, here's a one. I'm gonna. This is the last of my news, but it, this one just threw me for a loop because it's so really okay. Microsoft files patent for user health generated avatars. I know, it's pretty confusing. I heard about this. It's pretty confusing. I like it. Here's the gist of it. Microsoft filed a patent in June 2008 for the automatic generation of an avatar based on the user's physical health. The the patent application, discovered by 1UP, specifically details an avatar generator that, quote, reflects a physical characteristic of the user. Physical data about the user would be used to reflect a degree of health of the real person. In turn, this could be linked to rewards of capabilities of a gaming avatar, 
and amount of time budgeted to play or visible indication. In other words, patent is all about injecting a degree of reality into avatar appearances, thus encouraging users to exercise and maintain a more active lifestyle. Beyond this, the filing also explains the generator could be used to reflect all kinds of data about a person, including religious beliefs, politics, hobbies, even intelligence. Such informations could help users connect with like-minded individuals. The patent application even notes that the generator could take a, quote, hidden physical characteristics such as allergies, chronic conditions, etc., into account, thus helping users find other players with similar conditions that might, quote, understand someone with a like condition. So theoretically, just how would Microsoft obtain this personal information? Simple identifiers like political affiliation would likely be disclosed by the user. Other physical data would be obtained non-volitionally in order to avoid the inconvenience or unaccountability of voluntary supplied information. Microsoft suggests that data could be gathered by a third-party health data collector repository, a healthcare smart card, a real-time physiological sensor, i.e.g. Uh, blood pressure, heart rate, blood glucose, peak flow, pedometer, etc. The idea of a health sensor of some kind sounds safe enough, and the concept isn't too far from existing products like we fit. On the other hand, data gathered by third-party agencies sounds like the absolute last thing you'd want to share with Xbox Live. <laughs> Granted, these are proposed features, detailed in a patent application, and are certainly not part of an actual product yet. And it's likely that any such product would probably be a pretty innocent, probably a Natal health game. Yeah. Right. You know. So, yeah, the avatar would actually be you in all your naked glory. As part of the non-fat segment of the population, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't bother me any, and as far as that goes, although it depends how it's used. You know, it could be used for good or evil, so who knows. Of course it would be used for evil. I mean, you know... <laughs> Every a few of us have some pudge in in certain spots, and sure. you know I, I'm I'm the first to admit I got a bit of a gut on me. But if I were to see myself getting, uh, you know, see my avatar on the screen getting progressively fat, uh-huh. I would probably want to go out and start exercising too, because you know because you're gaming. I in a mirror, I know right? people that never look at themselves in the mirror. What? I know people that do not you look at themselves in the asshole. mirror because they don't want to see how much weight they've gained. Dude, I love mirrors. I know so, you do. Look at your hair. So if you're in, you know, a positive was the if you're forced to look at yourself, you should look in the mirror more often. You're wearing two different colored socks. So what? <laughs> I'm just saying. I like my two different colored socks. If you're forced to look at your avatar on the screen when you're playing your game, or even before you start your game, <laughs> two different colored socks. You're going to be a little more aware of your physical <laughs> appearance. But on the downside, sometimes people, there are a certain segment of the population that obsess too much over their physical appearance. True. Yeah, true. So, as far as the technology itself, I think it's, it's neutral in its, you know it's as with most technology. Oh, I'm waiting for the headline now. Man kills self over avatar. Love it. It was a reflection of his given self. He couldn't take it and got terminally depressed. Social Darwinism. Yep. Hard at work. Love it. <laughs> I would love my avatar and everyone else's avatars to look like they do so that we could separate the pretty from the ugly. And speaking of Avatar, go ahead and start it up, brother. Avatar is the number one movie with a $73 million opening domestically. That's, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. That's real nice. It's good, so It was too. a bit below expectations, they of said. Cor- well, of course. It's a $300 million movie. 
Yeah. Uh, it fell short of the $77.2 million record debut for the month set two years ago by uh, I Am Legends. Uh, That's the record for the month? But wow. For, yeah. for the month of December, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. It's possible that the opening weekend box office was hampered by a major blizzard now affecting the northeastern United States. That's that right. That is true. That's probably true. There was a lot of snow people trapped in houses and uh, in certain areas. Yeah, of the it was north, nasty over northeast. there. It really got bad. Our hearts go out to you folks. We've lived through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the good news for the movie is that it garnered a whopping $159 million in foreign markets. Just wow. below 2012's wow. worldwide debut last month. So this thing could be set to, to be For its first million. weekend. And this is, this is also a weekend not including a Wednesday premiere. Yeah. This was a Friday premiere movie. It's unclear whether it will succeed in recouping its estimated $300 million production cost, plus marketing and other costs in its initial run. Well, Let's if it so. is true that the blizzard kept people away, that's going to help on its second week. Sure. Plus yeah. the fact that it's oh, people go to movies around Christmas. I know my family usually does. And a lot of studios look at second and third weekend box offices as just as important as opening weekend. Yeah, it's so, up the total really. Especially considering, you know, weather and you know, it's right before Christmas that this movie is released. So it made 7 Okay, the, the 150 is that include the US? No. That's just foreign markets? That's what it said. Plus the seventy million on ours. Yeah, I think this thing's going to take over three hundred million. Oh, this is a great movie. You know, I know it's a really who well like done it. film. So yeah, I, I know I someone who it. actually said they don't like it. Who? Uh, one of Deb's friends. And clearly, well, this they're a godless heathen. Fucking idiot. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Does Deb's friend like Legend of the Seeker? I don't know. If so, that explains it all. <laughs> but they do like Twilight. Well, well, <laughs> well, there's your problem. There is, yeah, there's, there's a problem. You know what? It, I think it's an official rule of the couch cast. You, you, we cannot go an episode without banging Twilight at least once. There it is. Really? The Twilight <laughs> mention, and if you're playing at home with a drinking game... You take a shot. Take a shot. That's um, funny, too, because uh, I was listening to the satellite radio in my car, and uh, one of the VJs said that his his, I think he said 13-year-old daughter, saw the first film and loved it. And walked out of this current film, The really? New Moon. Really? Said that she loves the books, loved the first film, but thought that the second film was a, quote, piece of crap. Whatever. <laughs> she likes the books. She's an idiot. Um, well, Star Trek's Patrick Stewart to be knighted. Indeed. Nice. Sir Captain Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Sir Captain. Will be knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. Sir Captain uh, Sir. I don't know when, but he's 69 years old. Wow. He's a- yeah. He has deserved that for a while. Um, yeah. He is, you know, we, we only, we know, most of the U.S. knows him as Captain Picard, but the man has been acting for over 30 years mm-hmm. and has been in a lot of films. And I'm not talking just internationally, but, as, but in Britain and British stage, the man is a very well-rounded actor. Do you have to he be is, British to be knighted? Yes. You, no, I thought you didn't have to be. No, you have to be uh, part of the British Isles. So oh, you can okay. be knighted Ireland, Scotland, but... Uh, my dad was born in the UK, so I could go just get my visa and, you know, maybe go to be knighted. You, you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I, can, I should be knighted. They should knight me just on a whim. Just aren't for you, shits and aren't you already a no- let's, let's knight that guy. Then wouldn't you, would you, what would your full noble name then be? Of Sealand? You lose your Sealand? Uh... Yeah, that's right. I am a lord of Sealand. You'd be Sir Barry, Barry. Lord of Sealand. Yes. 
Wow. <laughs> Sir William Barry John, Lord, Lord. John Wayne Duke Rob <laughs> the first of Sealand. <laughs> oh God. What's next, sir? What's next? Yeah. George Lucas must share the rights to Stormtrooper design. Really? If you bought one of prop designer Andrew Ainsworth's replica Stormtrooper helmets and were worried that Lucasfilm would send Boba Fett or one of the other Star Wars bounty hunters after you, you can breathe a sigh of relief. Three judges of the High Court dismissed an appeal and ruled that a ten million sorry, ten million pound damages award granted in the U.S. courts against him, who the guy who helped manufacture the helmets uh-huh. and suits for the first Star Wars film could not be enforced in the UK. Really? Yep. Because, uh, you're not going to like this though, according to the London Telegraph, the suit was dismissed because Star Wars collectibles in question were, quote, not works of art. <laughs> you know what? If that's the loophole I have to crawl through, I accept. Fine. So I guess my uh, Stormtrooper armor is uh, legal. Is safe. That's right. Wait, no, I live here. Shit. You live here, but it depends on where it was manufactured. I don't know where it was manufactured. In some guy's garage. <laughs> so if that means if we make anything <laughs> and we move to the UK and we make it off you know, like our own geek prop based on, say, a Halo universe, it's ours for good and Why unstoppable not? because it's not art. Remember, Jedi's a religion over in the UK. Oh, that's right. Well, that alone should allow I for stormtroopers. About that, yeah. Um, <laughs> How you been eating lately? You been eating well? No, I've been eating like shit. It's the holidays. Oh, you've been going to McDonald's, huh? I've been going to McDonald's, well, eating candy. Soon, McDonald's Wi-Fi is going free. Yes. Oh, great. More reasons to go. After five years behind a paywall, McDonald's plans to stop charging for its Wi-Fi in January. Brilliant According plan. to the Dallas Morning News, you aren't even required to make a purchase. Free is free. Nice. And they won't impose time limits on your surfing or anything. There it is. In competition with Starbucks once again. Mm-hmm. McDonald's and Starbucks, who went free-ish earlier this year. Anyone still charging for Wi-Fi is going to look foolish, if not downright greedy. And that's how it should be. There it is. Wi-Fi should be free everywhere. It should be a public service. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I think. <laughs> I agree. And that's, I think that's very nice, especially for businesses. It's a way of attracting people to stay. And I think... Well, uh, but you know, businesses, if they can find a way to charge for something, they're going to charge for it. This goes back to what we were talking about, the downloadable content. content. (laughs) You should be able to download a burger into my mouth. Mm. Um, There was a feature over at Gama Sutra, uh, Mm. and it was examining one of the foundations of massively multiplayer online role-playing games. The idea that class roles within a game fall into three basic categories. All right. Tank, healer, damage dealer. Yes. And the article evaluates the pros and cons of... uh, such an arrangement and takes a look at some of the alternatives. Okay. Uh, it says eliminating specialized roles means that we would do away with a boxing a class into a single role. Without tanks, each class would have features that would help them participate and survive in many different encounters, like heavy armor, strong avoidance, or some magical abilities that allow them to disengage from direct combat. Without specialized DPS uh, damage, Mm-hmm. Uh, all classes should be able to do damage. In Need order to, to DPS very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> what Fuck. Um, Fuck! It's interesting. And by slow, games... I mean fucking slow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't get old, does it? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Some, uh, and it goes on to analyze it further. But the point is, can you break away from that traditional tank healer, damage dealer class roles? And I'm hoping you can, because I don't know if that's even in Star, uh, Star Trek Online. That's true. 
And as a MMO soloer myself, I try to find the most balanced character I can find. Usually it's a pet character, you know, pet summoner, but... Yeah. That's pretty much all you are, a tank healer and damage dealer. Yeah. I mean, there's other roles, you know, but that's... I don't... Uh, how would they even change that? And even if they did make roles that were a little more balanced, there would always be one person up in front. One person in back doing damage and one person healing everybody. That's I don't right. know how else you could do it. And as a pet summoner, you are three, all three of those roles. You send the pet out to do to uh, be the tank. tank. You're you, you shoot things from you, the DPS, and you're also healing your pet, your pet at the same time. So, yeah, you are that role all combined into one. Yeah, I just don't like uh, playing a pet person because then you got to take care of this other thing and it's a pain in the ass. No, they're not that hard to take I'm care not of. I'm a pet person in real life. No, you're not. <laughs> Nope, he is not. No, but I, I we hope need to get you break. a cat. No, no, fuck no. <laughs> He's already pretty much. I got like a dog. my, I like my couch. Okay, <laughs> bird. We'll get you a bird. Nice parakeet. How about a fish? No, I have fish. Hamster. I have fish on my Xbox. <laughs> You're a fish tank. My fish tank that yeah. you don't have to feed or That's right. change their water or Just put it in. Done. Change the gravel. Does it still have my custom fish in there? I don't know. It should. <laughs> I don't know. It's game over for a 14-year-old uh, boy in uh, Boston okay. whose overwhelmed mother was so exasperated with his incessant video game playing that she called the cops on him. Really? The final straw for Angela Mejia, I think that's how you say her last name and I don't really care, snapped at 2.30 in the morning on Saturday when, quote, I woke up in the middle of the night and saw the light on in his bedroom oh. hours after she told him to go to sleep. Sometimes I want to run away too, Mejia said. Breaking down. See, I, really? I, I, I have the accent. Really? <laughs> Angela Mejia. So, this is how she sounds in my head. All right. I have that. support from my church, but I'm alone. I want to help my son, but I can't find a way. <laughs> Mejia is among thousands of parents struggling with today's video game obsessed youth. Uh, now, this is from the Boston Herald. Okay. Uh, the Entertainment Software Association, blah, blah, blah. What, what happened? Okay. One of the four children she's raising alone was playing Grand Theft Auto. An argument ensued when she unplugged her play- her son's PlayStation. Okay. Then she got really mad and dialed 911. Huh? Police responded responded and managed to talk to the boy into shutting off the game and going to sleep. The, uh, the, the kid said, <laughs> the police, the police were like, chill out, go to bed. I'm impressed the police responded. Yeah. Must have been a slow night. Must have been very slow. <laughs> oh, this and is, by slow, I mean fucking slow. <laughs> this is why I use the accent. You ready for this quote? She says, Mejia said uh, she approves of athletic-themed videos. Videos. Okay. But, uh, as for, but as for Grand Theft Auto, she said, I would never buy that kind of video. No way. I called the police because if you don't respect your mother, what are you going to do in your life? Well, you know what? And this, I, I, okay, nine one one. Maybe it's a much, a bit much, but I think it was this. She has a point because we talk all this shit about how parents have to monitor the games that their kids play. What if you have a kid that's so incensed against the parents they? Screw you, Mom. I'll play whatever the hell I want. And one of those uncontrollable kids that you can't control what they play. Give him a crack well, upside the head. There you I go. can tell you, little bastard, with a certain amount of authority, that my parents, when I, if, I, if I was playing games... In fact, I can actually quote or cite a specific example. When we had our Commodore 64, mm-hmm. I played games on that. If I was not doing enough 
time on my homework mm-hmm. and playing too many games, they packed it up, put it in the closet in their bedroom. Yeah. That's where it stayed until I got my grades back up or, or whatever whatever the punishment Works, was, though, was it? for. It does. So what is to stop the parent from taking the console, unplugging it, and locking it up? I had my Dungeons & Dragons uh, tabletop game uh, taken away from me because it was a tool of the devil. <laughs> well. And they were right. <laughs> and they were right. Every other Monday, there we are, Dude. summoning up Beelzebub. You have no idea. When I got the monster manual, and this is the old AD&D stuff, this is before 2nd edition, I ripped out the pages of Demons and Devils so that my mother would never go through and find those. Didn't you realize, <laughs> what are these pages ripped out? No, they were gone. I, like, destroyed them. But again, again, I was pre-religious at the time, too. And so I was like, oh, I can't have these in my game. Rip, rip, rip. <laughs> wow. I went right for those. <laughs> Of course you do. Now they're called Izazel or something. So they're, yeah, they're demons. Whatever. Speaking of bad kids, mm-hmm. I love this next one. Okay. This is the last piece of news I have for you. All right. Boy gets revenge on sister via Facebook. Ooh. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and read his Facebook post. Please do. So if everyone hasn't heard yet, I'm grounded for the next three months. <laughs> Why? Because Katie, his sister. Uh, decided to rat me out and tell my parents about the 12-pack I was hiding in my room. My parents are Asian, and all of you know that Asian parents are fucking strict. 12 cans equals three months of being grounded. A little over the top? Not if your parents are Asian and your sister's a filthy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Since all I can do and all I'll ever... Wait, since all I can do and all I'll ever for the next two and a half months involves sitting on the computer all day, Mm -hmm. I thought I'd get a little revenge today. Everyone out there might think my sister is such a sweet and innocent girl, but a few days ago I decided to go treasure hunting in her room and found a little something special hidden in her closet, and this will make the next 2.5 months bearable. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my sister is a whore. Karma is a bitch. <laughs> now, <clears throat> what did he do? He went through her room and found a little list that she made on what appears to be a piece of 8.5 by 11 college ruled notebook paper. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's got little girly writing and, like, hearts and lines. And and it says, my hookup list. Oh, wow. Deadline for 2010. Now, it's got ten guys' names written on here. Three of them are crossed off with dates next to them. One is crossed (laughs) off that says, never mind. One, Adrian something. Finger me, maybe hand job. Two, (laughs) something. Blow job. A little heart by it. Three's crossed off, says never mind. Four, Laurel, finger me, HJ, blowjob, titty bang, and maybe V card. <laughs> I didn't even know what a V card was. Apparently it's a virginity card. Uh, wow. Four, 10, 24. This one's crossed off. Uh, he got a hand job and a blowjob from her, apparently. Six, V card, seven, Brian, only kiss. If he cuts his hair, I might give him a blowjob. <laughs> wow. Don't do it, dude. Oh, Barry's right out. Yeah. No, cut your hair, dude. <laughs> right out. Cut your hair, it's Eight, Ryan, whatever. He ate me out. Awesome. <laughs> Ten, four, and this one's crossed out. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I can't even read that. Ten, Brett. I don't know what she's going to do to him. Oh, yeah, he says, I will do anything he wants. I will be everything he wants. So hot. X, 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 O, O, O. <laughs> and, of course, there are comments underneath, and all his friends are like, oh, my God, what the, holy shit. Oh, my God. And then, finally, uh, Katie, the sister oh, responds yeah. and says, Take this down now, all caps. 
What the fuck is wrong with you? And then Chris says, what are you going to do? Tell mom and dad that I uploaded your dick-sucking list to Facebook? Go ahead. Okay, he says, everyone detag yourself from this now. Remove the tags, Chris, or I'm going to seriously hurt you. Take this picture down now. Pick up your phone. And Chris says, I love Facebook like you look cock. <laughs> win wow <laughs> so much win paper trails folks paper trails yeah. wow i don't know if facebook takes the rumor out of the old uh, college rumor mill or excuse me the high school rumor mill or just adds more to it <laughs> i think there's your answer brilliant i love it that's funny well, oh my god this hilarious. is the holiday couch cast um i want to Finish off with a list. I've actually held on this list for a little while. If I don't finally get to it, and we're going to do it pretty quick. But uh, the uh, n- common sense media. This is uh, one of those media watchdogs for parents and families Ugh. kind of things. They you know they put out the list of yeah. ga- ten games that are uncool for kids for various reasons. But but here's the difference this year. Instead of just laying out the list of this game is bad and why, mm-hmm. they also suggest an alternative. To it, uh, and that's what oh I, boy. and that's what I want to. Uh, I want to get from you. Is this truly a good alternative? Because I believe some of these are. I'm afraid for this. All right. So number ten is Assassin's Creed Two, because mm-hmm. it's uh, it says authentically created Renaissance cities, near photorealistic action, historical accuracy, make it a great game for mature players. But playing as an assassin who relies on arsenal weapons makes the violence excessive. Their alternative, Mirror's Edge. I never played Mirror's Edge. I'm not familiar. I, play, with, I mean, I, I, I know of it, but I, I'm not. I familiar played Mirror's with the first Edge. Person. Now, as far as a running climbing game, you know, I think Assassin's Creed Two has it all over. It is overall a very because I saw you play it. Yes, it but is. I never got a chance to play. Bo- it. Both are fine games, and the themes are very similar. And you can be violent in Mirror's Edge, but not as violent as uh, Assassin's Creed Two. Okay. And so, in this case, I think for a younger well, person, this actually might be a decent well, title. In Assassin's Creed, you're the aggressor, right? But you're not in Mirror's Edge, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Or that, that is somewhat. Although Assassin's Creed 2, even though you are an aggressor, mm-hmm. there is a full-on story as to why you're an well, aggressor. So it, and, and I understand that because I've and seen it. And it makes personal sense at an emotional level. Right. Borderlands. Okay. Is the bad. The first person shooter, critical acclaim for its innovative use of weaponry, comic book like world and online play, but the game, which has a cover of a character that shows him shooting himself in the head, has strong language, human enemies use as target practice, mature humor, and lots of blood and gore. Their alternative for Borderlands, infamous. <laughs> really? Yes. Infamous? What? Where you are shocking other human beings and killing them left and right. Uh, it, uh, the only re- thing that I could. Uh, see why infamous is on there is because yeah you can kill people in infamous but you can also resurrect them that's true that's the you, only you can be good that or, is the only possibility that i see for that being on there perhaps but then again but you it's can a choo- violent game yeah too. you can choose to be bad and just suck life out of people right. too so yeah exactly it can go either way brutal that's legend strange Bad. Cartoon-like in its graphics delivery has the fantasy action game. Nonetheless, features plenty of violence, including the ability to hack and slash demonic armies with your double-sided axe. Their alternative, Ghostbusters the video game. Ghostbusters the video game is a solid game. Yeah. It's a great game. 
So I it mean, is. So that's that's really hard to say because yeah, Brutal Legends fun game, but I love the hell out of Ghostbusters. I, I can't say that it would be a, a quote alternative, but it would they're definitely very different be, games. It would yeah, I I would definitely say that it is a recommended game. So I mean. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, immersive first-person perspective, ups the realism of the shooter, which contains, of course, the controversial but optional level where you go undercover as the enemy terrorist. Their alternative, Battlefield Bad Company. <laughs> bad Company was fun. It's a, not a bad game. And yes, it is a fine alternative. Funny. Yeah, it it it. I mean, it's not as good, in my no, opinion, no, but for somebody younger, it takes down the violence in Blood Quotient quite a bit. Well, there's a lot of violence in Blood and Bad Yeah. Company. There's a lot of violence in it, but not like the, the gritty, realistic violence. Yeah. Of, yeah. of Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Dead Space 2, Dead Space Extraction, this is the Wii version. The atmospheric, horror-filled tale, unique cooperative play option, but uses the violence, like blood spreading out of victims' bodies, human carcasses littering the floor, blood-stained walls and floors, copious screams of torture, put it over the top. It's alternative Deadly Creatures. I'm not familiar with that one. Deadly Creatures we covered in Comic-Con a couple years ago. It's the one where you're either a spider or a scorpion, and you're going through essentially trying to live your life out in nature. That's really... I don't. I don't know. That Saying game. that I haven't played Deadly Creatures, I don't know. It's a Wii yeah. game that I haven't tried, <clears throat> and it looked interesting to me, so I can't really judge that one. Yeah, I can't do it either. Dragon Age Origins, bad. This is masterfully crafted. See, I love how they're actually giving props to the games itself. Are they just reading that off somewhere else, or? This this is their this is their own thing. This is their own decisions. Okay. They're saying that these aren't necessarily bad games for adults, but they're bad for kids. Masterfully crafted, but combat-heavy game featuring decapitation. Swords plunge deeply into monsters' chest. Their alternative, Braid. Uh, Braid? Yes. I don't think so. Braid is just such a completely different game that is not an alternative whatsoever. Not at all. No. no. So kids, play Dragon Age Origin. Fuck yeah. Braid. No, Braid's a great game, too, but it's just not it's, the same It's thing. not the same. Grand Theft Auto Four: Ballad of Gay Tony. This is the uh, the, the add-on. Yeah. Frequent, ruthless, violence, gratuitous sex, lawlessness, drinking drugs. This is a very over-the-top add-on, by the way. It this really game is. is not for kids. But the fully interactive open world offers an immersive diversion for hardcore gamers. Alternate, Batman Arkham Asylum. Batman Arkham Asylum is violent, too, though. I that mean, has I... nothing, nothing like... That. No! Okay, well, okay, I will say this. There is not... There are a lot of deceased um, Arkham employees that you run across in the game, mm-hmm. but there's no bloody violence. I guess is the best That's way to true. put it. It is a it is a beat 'em up in. But the, it yeah, is not sense. a sandbox game. That's like true too. GTA. You can't. It's not open world. No. I mean, you it's it's I, open in that you can move from areas of the island to areas of the island, but you are stuck on the island. If I was hoping for GTA in my stocking, and I got Batman, mm-hmm. I would put a bomb <laughs> in my parents' bed. I'd be pissed. Now, no, I like, really do like Batman Arkham Asylum. I, let me sure. qualify this. It is a great game. It's, you know, there are several areas where you do have to defend yourself. And, you know, in very Batman style, you're really knocking these people out and, you know, incapacitating them as opposed to killing them. But it's also got that second level of, you know, you're trying to be 
what Batman is, the world's greatest detective, and figure out what the Joker is up to on this island. Regardless. Not in the same box game. Not no. even in the same fucking league. You know what? I think this in this case they should have reused Infamous. I think Infamous is a fine replacement. Yeah, it yeah. is an open world Infamous game. Infamous is a very open world, yes. So you are right. It's it's Grand Theft Auto Lighter. Yeah. Not light, but lighter. Demon Souls. This is the one that just arrived in my mailbox. It's just not the copious amount of blood and the smaller enemies who fall like ragdolls at your feet. This game also has depressing vibe because you constantly die. It can break the spirit of even the most seasoned gamer, but hardcore players relish this kind of challenge. So they're saying it's the blood's not what's bothering them. It's the fact that it's too hard and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Cry to mama. But their alternative, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. Which is a, is a fantastic a, game. That's a solid game. Which is one of my favorite games of the year. So uh, it's a fine alternative. It's not the same kind of game at all. No. But it's still a great game, a great alternative to anything, really. Yeah. Left 4 Dead 2. You're going to love this one. Oh, boy. Teamwork, essential a component of the super gory shooter, but violence players are meant to gawk at and appreciate the extreme levels of gore plays a much greater role. Their alternative to Left 4 Dead 2, Overlord 2. What? <laughs> what? What? <Agreed>. What? <laughs> That's not that's not even remotely the same kind of game. That's, that's a real time puzzler. My brain hurts. I can't get it around that. That's just not right. You know what? I'm just going to end on that one because the last one is pretty much a rehash of Ballad of Gay Tony. Well, so what it, what it basically comes down to is the alternates that they suggest on here seem to be a fine list of games in and of themselves. Yeah. But they're not true alternates to true. the game that they're and saying. Some are. But I will give this to them. Can, can, can they at least... Descri- they don't even describe on this piece of paper how it is that the alternative even fits. But you know yeah. what? I, I printed this directly from it, and each one of those is a link. Oh, so okay. perhaps the link does yeah, show why this maybe. is more appropriate. But I do appreciate they went... Not only far enough to say, here's another example of a game that maybe your kid would enjoy instead. That's okay, cool. Well, and they gave good games overall. Yeah, yes, they did. And I applaud them for it. And However, some of their shit's just not right, right at all. <laughs> I not only <laughs> applaud that, but kid. also applaud the fact that they realize that this list is for kids for games that if you're a mature gamer, have at. It's your choice. It's not saying that these games need to be nixed for everybody because kids shouldn't be playing them. They, the line was realized. All I know is there's going to be some disappointed kids on Christmas. <laughs> not if they get uh, Ghostbusters. No. Yeah, not if they get Ghostbusters. That'd and folks, cool. I hope you had a great Christmas. We'll probably hit one more to you before the New Year's is out. So until then, happy holidays from the team here at the Ugly Couch Show. Did you give me money? Then I'll wish you a happy holiday. (laughs) So until then, folks, have a great week in geek. And I hope Santa gave you all the geekness you can swallow. What does that mean? I really don't know. That's kind of disturbing. Why why, do you go right there? The thing is that you went porn with it in your head. I know you did. I totally went porn with it. You went Santa porn. I've seen Santa porn. (laughs) That's some hot shit out there, man. 80s Jeff is going to say, have a good one. Have a happy new year, folks. (laughs) And leave it at that. Barry's gonna just eat a gobstopper. Bye, folks. Have fun. Later. Those are my gobstoppers.
That's right. Stolen gobstopper. Fucking awesome. How long before it becomes a standard? I think you gotta come with me. Come on. Ah! We'll be right back. Save a leg for me. <laughs>